Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Whoa, what the fuck was that, man? Holy shit. That's a brand new intro, Ian. I figured it's 2015, brand new year. Let's have a brand new intro. And uh, our old one had uh, Thrasher Die song on it. I figured let me put a combat song uh, for the new intro. And it's, even though it's a very rough recording where it's just scratch guitar and uh, my vocals and drums. But, you know, we'll be recording the, the, the finishing that recording. And then when I do, I'll add that to the intro. Uh, somewhere in a couple, m- month or so. Anyway, so as always, this is Dr. Fuck, and I have with me the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Cracking that beer. Hello! Hello, how y'all doing? And as a special guest, reoccurring, because he was so kick-ass in that last episode we did with Kiss Lick It Up, we brought him back for Judas Priest's point of entry. I'm talking about, yes... Bam! We got Bill Wang again. Hi, Bill. Bill Wang, kiss, 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 metal hard rock on Facebook. Diddly dee, diddly do. Yeah, yeah. Bam. Bam! I give that intro five out of seventeen. Hi, yeah. <laughs> Chopsticks. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, um, how are we all doing, uh, Bill? I hear you're a little under the weather, huh? Yeah, I'm a little under the weather, but Ian told me to drink, so I drank last night, and now I'm even multiple under the weather, but it's all good, man. And it all all works out in the end. Yeah, and and I'd like to also add, uh, we are taping this on January 1st, 2015, so Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, fellas. Fuck yeah. So I hope you guys got nice and... I hope you guys got nice and drunk because this was the first New Year's as far as I can remember. I was sober. Crazy. <laughs> I know you guys made it up for me, though. I know Ian did for sure. Ian makes no. it up for me every day. Oh, no. Actually, I'm celebrating today. I, I, I was nice yesterday, but today I'm evil. So what's up, Ian? Anything new? <laughs> well, I'll I tell you what, man. Uh, I woke up this morning. And I thought it was like fucking uh, Night of the Common. I got a little scared, man, because I couldn't believe on fucking New Year's Eve. You know, most people should be out fucking partying, doing all this shit. We had over 600 downloads on New Year's Eve. So that's pretty, like, people are, like, ending the year with the bang. And probably a couple with a little Bill Wang. You know, we had a lot of good plays. It was awesome. And then after midnight, nothing. So I'm like, is there a total fucking crash in the system? Because, like, even up to now, there's been no plays of the podcast since midnight. I know what I, happened, Ian. I yeah, I, yeah I, I think we both figured it out. Y2K! Yes, Y2K, better late than never. Yeah. You know? Hey, by the way, uh, I woke up this morning with a wine glass in my hand. Whose wine? What wine? Where the hell did I die? Right. <laughs> nice. Must have been a dream. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I know what happened. It was goddamn Terrence and the fucking North Koreans again. Sabotaging fucking Podbean. Uh, you know, trying to stop us. 
but uh, you know what? We're all here and alive, and I'm glad because, you know, we had death threats and death hexes put upon us, and uh, this motherfucker is just insane. I think he's really lost it. Man, uh, he's got serious issues. Um, that's why he's banned for life from uh, Wikipedia. Uh, that's why FBI showed up at his house for threatening John Kerry. I mean, this guy's got problems. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bill, as a friend and a fan of the show, uh, you saw the shit on YouTube. What do you think of this shit? Uh, I think Kerry is nothing but a pile of cat dung. So, you know, Terrence, here's the deal. Bill Wang gives you minus five chopsticks. Wow. Bam! Yeah, man, I never heard you give anything a minus chopstick. Yeah, well, here's the deal. It's it's about time I do it. So, <laughs> here you go. Now, I have an announcement. Okay. I deactivated my Facebook, and I'll explain why. I had to get rid of my Facebook for a lot of issues that it was taking up too much of my time answering countless messages of people that want to know anything from me, and uh, it got a little too much. And then there's other issues that are going on with me that would pop up on my Facebook, and I just had enough. And... Um, I do have uh, somebody that will post for me. His name is Winslow Leach uh, from the Phantom of the Paradise. He's got a... Uh, it's a friend of mine. I'm not going to say who he is, but... He made another Facebook, you know, because there are times I'm going to have to post something up on uh, the Thrasher Die page or, um, or... Or Almost Human or the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I want to apologize to anybody. If you want to get a hold of me... Uh... I am on Skype. Uh, my Skype name is Phase Linear. Let me spell it out. F-A-Z-E-L-I-N-E-A-R. Okay? Rewind that because I ain't going to spell it out again. That's my name on Skype. If you want to talk, whatever, uh, you can get in touch with me on Skype. I might come back to Facebook. I'm not saying I'm not. But as I feel now... I've been away from it for a few days now, and I have no desire to go back. So, and if you have questions for the good doctor here, uh, you can always direct them towards me, and I will pass them on to, to Ralph. And uh, and please, I urge everybody to stay in touch on the on the uh, on the Facebook page, on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page, because I have a lot of fun talking with all of you. Uh, it really, I mean, I, I live for that shit. I want to interact with the people who listen to this show that get it, that have fun. I understand why Ralph's doing what what Ralph is doing, but I will be there to pick up the slack. And like I said, if you guys need something you need to get to Ralph, let me know and I'll get it to him. Okay, yeah, I, I also want to say, this is another thing I want to say. I do appreciate all the messages I get. Don't get me wrong, but... I get so many messages that sometimes I give people these short answers that makes me look like a dick. Like, you know, I ain't got time for you. But the truth is, I don't. I don't have time for Facebook because I get... I Man, you, you wouldn't believe what I would see when I'd log in. I'd see 20 or 30 messages daily. And there some are really great questions. Some are like stupid questions. People don't understand. It's like, I get like 80 fucking messages a week about... Hey, you should review this. You should review that. That if you want me to do like something because you want to hear my opinion on it, 
put it on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Facebook, and we'll talk about it on this show. Because this is where I want to do my reviews. I may change my mind and go back to making reviews again. But here is where I want to talk about reviews. I want to talk about it with people instead of myself. You know, just sitting there myself telling. I, I like the interjection with Ian and then with Bill Wang too. You know, I like the interjection where we all, um, you know, bounce our, our opinions off each other. I really do appreciate and I don't take for granted the people that like my stuff. I don't take for granted the people that wrote me. That drove me, you know, like took so much of my time because I was answering each and every message, but it got so overboard that I started not replying to some, giving little one sentence answers to some. It looks like I look like a douche and I don't want to look that way. So I'd rather just disappear so I don't have to be an asshole to these people that love my reviews. I, You know what I've been doing is I've been replying as much as I can on the actual comments on uh, my YouTube page um, thanking everybody and I really do sincerely mean that I don't want to be a fucking asshole and I think of like people like I don't know like you know I don't know rock stars it's like God I don't know how they do it you know I mean because you know I'm I'm not even a pimple on the ass of like famous musicians that must get bombarded I mean one million times more than me and I the little the little amount I do 80 80 100 a week it really saps my energy and sa- and I, I I will pick it up for you because by day I am an electrician. Uh, by night, once a month, I'm in a John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown band that's cover right. band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I have a little bit more time. So uh, exactly. But, pl- but please, all the fans of the show, please come on our page. You want to talk to me? You want to personally become a friend of me? Do it. I ain't got nothing but time. My old lady don't want to talk to me. I got nothing else to do. That's, a, that's another thing, Ian. Look, I'm in two bands. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm in two bands that were writing music. You just go and rehearse to the, the Eddie and the Cruiser soundtrack. Yeah, I know all those songs already. Yeah, you, I, do, I, I, you I, don't I know write music, dude. I do. That's very time consuming. I, I, I don't have to learn new songs because they haven't made a part three. So I have more, you know, my calendar is open. Yeah. Well, but! I, I have to write... Wait, wait, let me just finish. I okay. have to write music for two bands. I do this podcast. i also going to be part of another thing that I don't want to give up just yet. But let's just say what I'm going to do is going to bring a lot of attention to this podcast. And three... Uh, no, three, four, five. You know, I got a job too, man, that I got to do. Um, I got a girlfriend that lives fucking far that I have to drive to see her all the time. I don't really have a lot of time for much anything else, you know. So my my, it's amazing that I have time to do this, you know. Now I'm gonna repeat what Ian said, and Ian talk right after I say this. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. But but <laughs> all right, it is time. It is time to go to news of the week. Yeah, and I'm so excited today on, on on New Year's Day that that there was a new story because last couple days I've been getting stories ready and there's like some that are like okay maybe they're good for the podcast maybe they're not you know not all bands are interested in this like before the, what I want to talk about happened my big news lead was the lead singer from Papa Roach has herpes but he said he didn't get it from his uncle. What? <laughs> no, this is go, go on fucking blabbermouth. 
Uh, he says he has herpes, but he didn't get it from his uncle. Originally he got. He said, yeah, I, I know where he got it from. His music. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Papa Roach. That, that's that's a pistol on humanity. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> but, but no, I actually have good news to report. I'm really excited about, and that is John Sykes. Just oh. released. Yes. Yes, if you go on Blabbermouth right now, there's audio snippets of uh, songs from his upcoming solo album, and this shit sounds good. Damn, it's uh, about fucking time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This dude is notoriously slow. All right. But, well, but that, yeah, that is that is my story of the week, everybody. When it comes out, please check out the new fucking John Sykes album. All right. So let's get into the review, shall we? Yes. All right. Let's do it. This week, uh, the Metal Gods, uh, we're going to do uh, an album that's uh, kind of like, um, I don't know, split down the middle with people that love it. You either love it or hate it, or you're half and half about it. Um, Point of Entry, released in 1981. Am I correct, guys? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. So it's wedged between the the monumental British Steel and the American Breakthroughs uh Screamer for Vengeance, two massively heavy metal, heavy albums, where Point of Entry is a little softer, which it has its heart. I'd say um, Point of Entry is more of a hard rock album than a heavy metal album. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, 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 you got me there. That'll work. Now, being that I'm an old fogey, I was around when it first came out, and it was a different time back then where when I first heard... Uh, point of entry i didn't really see it as oh no this is much softer it was still great i mean i guess it was just the sign of the times where if point of entry was to be released today it would get bashed relentlessly you know and uh but i didn't see that way and i love like you know it it takes some of my favorite pre-songs like man definitely desert plains would be in my top 10 and um, what's another one? I love Turning Circles. But, you know, we'll get into track by track. But it does have some great, great songs on it. And some blatantly commercial type songs on it as well. And, uh, which was odd for it to come out at that time. But it is what it is. And I really hate that term. It is what it is. I just did it. Uh, <laughs> again, I mean, I think, you know, we did the Sin After Sin review. And I probably gave everybody the story how I discovered Priest and blah, blah, blah. So I just want to like focus on uh, what I think a point of entry in my little intro here. Uh, I could say that you know I didn't see the tour because um, Judas Priest didn't come here till Screaming for Vengeance. Now if they came before Hell uh, Unleashed in the East, um, that I'm not quite sure of. But I was I got into them in '79, and the very first time they came to South Florida since '79 was. Um, the Screamer for Vengeance tour, which I saw with Uriah Heep. Unfortunately, it wasn't with Iron Maiden, and I didn't know that till I got to the venue. And there was a guy up in the uh, balcony with a big Iron Maiden banner, <laughs> and uh, you know, and Sweet. yeah, going up to the T-shirt stand. I'm like, where's the Maiden shirts? It was uh, <laughs> it was a huge letdown, but oh, it was one of the by far the greatest Judas Priest show I saw. And believe me, Defenders was nothing to sneeze at. That was an amazing show as well. But something about that screaming show, man, I was really close. And um, 
I can say, you know, I still got my tour book, and, you know, it was just, you know, an- another funny thing, and this, I got pure lucky on this, Van Halen's Diver Down Tour played at the Hollywood Sportatorium for two nights, a Friday and a Saturday, and uh, Judas Priest was on Friday. So if, if Judas Priest didn't come, I could have seen the Diver Down Tour twice, but lucky for me, I got to see uh, Van Halen the day after the Judas Priest show, so I didn't miss the Diver Down Tour. Both amazing shows, but I gotta tell you, Judas Priest was a better show, and Van Halen to me was the best live band in the '80s. But I think Judas Priest, like you know, toppled them because it was just so amazingly heavy, and Rob hitting those notes, it was just unbelievably killer. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about uh, point of entry for now. Till we get into the song, uh, tell us what you think of point of entry, Bill. Um, you know what? That's so funny you should say that. I remember it came out uh, a day after my birthday in 81, February 26, 81. I remember as a kid thinking, hmm, it sounds less metal and more hard rock, but it was interesting and I dug it. You know what I'm saying? And I, all my fellow quote unquote metalheads are, oh, it's more hard rock, but I'm all, you know what? I dig it. So, and you know, like we were just, just like you were piggybacking on what you were saying it's it's sandwiched in between two of metals pillars of hard you know of the the legacy you know british steel and screaming so it was kind of a left turn but i dug it you know and i still dig it today so yeah it's phenomenal man absolutely hell yeah ian um well i first like uh the first time i ever got was turbo second album I ever got was Priest Live so the songs off of Priest Live is what I heard first and later on got this album and I had the distinction I'm going to go all fucking Terrence here for a minute uh, the distinction is I had this album twice and I've never paid for it and I've stole it from the same person twice uh, a former friend John Coopers who fucked this piece of shit because he stole my buddy's wife and his friend's wife but anyway uh I stole his cassette copy and I stole his CD copy. But uh, I, I I love this album. Always have, always will. But it, it's kind of different for me because where a lot of like Priest fans are like, oh, after British Steel, this comes out. Well, man, I came on board with fucking Turbo, so nothing's gonna seem like a sellout to me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like either either, either you like it as a Priest album or you don't. And I have always always love this fucking album and uh you know are, are there some songs I hate I don't know you'll find out when we go track for track but uh I, I think it's great uh but like I said I have a different view of you guys because you guys were fans prior to it coming out you know you know I, I give uh you know I give Ralph a lot of shit for uh for liking uh, In Through the Outdoor you know he's like ah well it was the time you know he gives me shit for liking Somewhere in time by Iron Maiden, I'm like, yeah, but that was it was the time, and uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I just I didn't I didn't have any preconceived notions going to this. It was just like Judas Priest to me, so I didn't view it as like, oh, it's less than British Steel or it's not as good as fucking uh, you know Screaming for Vengeance. I just thought it was another great Priest album. But uh, why don't we go into the first fucking track, which is Head Out to the Highway? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, a great fucking opener great fucking opener uh, a great live song 
This was the mm-hmm. second second single off the album. Wasn't the first. This was the second single, and uh, just man, fantastic. I could imagine seeing Priest and not hearing this song. And it's uh, it's not particularly like like heavy Priest, but it's just like good blue collar rock and roll hard rock, which the album is. Uh, I love Head Out on the Highway, an all-time classic Priest song to me. Ralph, what do you think? What was the first single? The first single was Don't Go. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, was the first single. Yeah. That is odd. Well, um, I gotta say, the first time I, I heard this, yes, was when I bought the album. Uh, strange album cover, we didn't d- discuss that either. Uh, two versions of it. Uh, yeah, of course, we had the film strip one, and uh, the other one was, I don't know, man. Just both of them are really odd. And uh, but yeah. heading out to the highway, yes, it's a, uh, it's something that I can see fit on British Steel because after all, British Steel had United, and you don't have to be old to be wise. So I can kind of see it be on there. Uh, it's not heavy metal, but you know, it's a good hard rocking with the border. You have your little melodic uh, dual guitar. Uh, the video, now the video, which they made three videos for the album, and every time I listen to this, I always get that feeling of early MTV because early MTV didn't have many videos back in the day and they had the three off this album that they would play oh so much and I would watch it every single time I don't know why it's cheesy looking back on it now it's like man the cars ain't even going that fast and it's like a car race <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing and then Rob Hoffer with the scarf and, and then uh, Ian Hill mad at some part he's like damn <laughs> It's a weird video, man. And uh, you can see Dave Holland there daydreaming about little boys in the video. <laughs> Pretty interesting video. But, uh, oh, oh, how I love this fucking song. Great, great uh, Priest classic that, unfortunately, they don't play live as much. Uh, okay, let me ask you guys. I did go to the Epitaph tour, and now I'm having a brain fart. Did they play Heading Out to the Highway to represent... Uh, point of entry at that show? I think they did. Or was it... It had to be. See, I, I did not get to see... Uh, uh, I'll say for myself, I did not get to see the Epitaph Tour because nobody fucking comes to New Orleans and it is so fucking sad. But I heard they did play Solar Angels. No, which, not, not, yeah. not the show I saw. Wow. Uh, no, I did hear they played Solar Angels. But uh, no, I, I don't know about that tour. Bill, did you get to see... Uh, the tattoo tour? No, man, I didn't actually. I didn't. And and, and to piggyback on the on what we were discussing prior, unfortunately, I didn't see the heading out the highway uh, point of entry tour person, and uh, blame my mom for that. I was uh, quote unquote too young to see it, but uh, no, I didn't see the epitaph tour, unfortunately. And I, if you were gonna pick a song off of point of entry to do. To like, um, I, I Solar Angels would be one to represent it, but um, I don't know what they did. So no, I didn't see that tour. I'm no, almost no, positive no. it was heading out to the highway. Almost positive. I would think so, just by the yeah, yeah, cause by I, the, I, the like, MTV hits and what whatnot. It know? had to be because if it was Desert Plains, I'd be like wow, or Solar Angels, which I've never seen them play. I'd be double wow. I saw them do. Uh, Hot rocking on the Angel Retribution tour. They actually played it there. That yeah, was the so only time. I. So did I. That was so the I. only yeah. time I saw them do hot rocking. They did it on that tour. Uh, 
you know, and like my history of point of entry live, it was only been Desert Plains, which they played all through the 80s, and um, mm. uh, Hot Rock and Angel Retribution, and yeah, and also heading out to the highway, I've seen them do a bunch of times in the 80s, but I've never seen Solar Angels, unfortunately. Uh, mm. So what do you think of uh, heading out to the highway, Bill? Uh, just to piggyback on what you're saying, the funny thing about you mentioned Solar Angels, and not all three of us have not witnessed that brilliance live. They opened every point of entry tour with Solar Angels, so that's kind of a interesting tidbit. Um, as far as the heading out the highway song, I think it's a great song. It's sort of a dark song for an opener of an album. I think it's fantastic. I think the dual solo with KK and Glenn is fucking just hard on fucking city. Uh, Halford shines, and I give it five out of five chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So then we go mm-hmm. into the, the what I just found out, the first single of the album. Very odd. Uh, Don't Go, which I do not believe they played it live. I do have... Uh, a radio broadcast of the, the um, point of entry show, and no, it wasn't played, so I don't know if it was ever played. Um, probably the weirdest video ever by Judas Priest. Oh, the, the rabbits, the rabbits, the rabbits, and uh, that room, and Rob Hoffer jumping out, and all of a sudden becoming an astronaut. <laughs> Oh, I love early MTV. God, I love... If I could... You know what? I, I should talk about... I want to redo Don't Go. <laughs> you know? I want to redo that video with with the next Thrash or Die album, you know? Just redo that and be all fucking sad when each member leaves. I noticed he was especially sad when Dave, Dave uh, uh, Holland left, you know? Anyway, so... Um, yeah, and Hoffert has a mustache in that video. And all of a sudden he shaves it off for the other two videos. I don't know. I mean, I figured those videos were done uh, at the same time, but maybe not. Um, they I, were. They were. They were. I got to tell you, this song, Don't Go, I, I love it a lot. It's mm-hmm. not your typical Judas Priest, but that's what I loved about Judas Priest. That's why I, you know, everybody with the maid in comparison with Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest, Oh, I always pick Judas Priest. Uh, over Maiden, well, obviously because they're better, in my opinion, and they have better albums, and they don't repeat themselves. Amen. A lot. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, I heard a beer. I heard a beer. Wadzilla down in the brewskis. Yeah, yeah. That's me. That's me. He, in the past three minutes, he drank three out of three beers. <laughs> That's I know it ain't fucking like a fuck. The sober boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Anyway, so, uh, what were they saying? Yeah, the thing is, like, yeah, look, a don't go. I mean, come on. That is so un Priest, but yet, it, that's why I love it so much. It's just so out of the 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 box that Judas Priest should be in. But Judas Priest would, like, just blow up that box. And I think this may have been, like, the first real, if you think about it, out of all Judas Priest songs up to that point. The one that ventured out of the box more than any other one was Don't Go. It was very, very odd. Like, the rage almost was that way. Like, the start with the reggae mm-hmm. shit. Then all of a sudden, it's like, no, 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 we'll go back in the box. But this one is like, it ventured way out. It's that way out of that closet. 
And uh, I love it. I love Don't Go. Five out of five chopsticks for me, man. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. <laughs> Ian? Uh, I fucking adore Don't Go. It's probably... Man, might be tied with my favorite track on the fucking album. And I love it. And, and for all the same reasons you mentioned. It is it's a fucking different. Uh, it's a great fucking song. It was so funny. Like, I was a fan of the song for so long before I saw the video. <laughs> when I saw the video, I was like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> but uh, but I, I did enjoy the piss out of it, you know? And I think I know why you shaved the mustache off. Because uh, that shit tickles. <laughs> you know, uh, I I love it. I, it it's uh man. I wish they would play this shit live, but I gotta feel this. This will never come back into the, the priest live set. But uh, a great, great fucking song. And this is them. I think you know they got a little bit of taste of success with uh with British Steel. I think this whole album is trying to reach more you know the American audience, like their version of what they think America wants. And, uh, man, I know a lot of fans are divided, but, man, I'm totally fucking on board. And I think it's great, and I think it's ballsy that they took a chance. Uh, don't go... Always, always a favorite of mine. What do you think, Bill? Man, it's, um... It's got, like, a funky vibe to it, man. And I always fucking dug it. And um, you guys were talking about Dave Holland, and, you know, I got to fucking just shout out Dave Holland. I fucking love his fucking drum sound. I mean, yeah, he's a fucking pedophile, and he loves all that sort of crazy shit, but I love the simplicity of his hard-hitting drum sound, and I, that song in particular fucking does it. And um, it's a fucking hard-hitting song, and it's badass, and I give it five out of five chopsticks. Bam! Uh, oh well, well not, not I'm sorry Bill I gotta tell you something I hope is not gonna burst your bubble and, and ruin What's your that? and ruin your opinion on this album a lot of fans don't know uh, I'm close friends with Judas Priest and right around the time they were recording this uh, you know Rob called me and said hey you know we're having problems with Dave Holland and shit and I said well you know what you should replace him with that fucking monkey from fucking uh you know, uh, uh, close to kind of the third kind. You know, the one just crashes the symbols and shit. And that's what they did. They, they replaced him with a robot fucking monkey. And that's who's playing drums. And continue to play drums. They were fucking ramming down. Oh my god, I hate Dave uh, Holland. Same one. I did not uh, know that shit. Yeah, no, yeah no, I didn't I, know that either. No, I hate I hate Dave Holland, but mostly just because he was a bad drum teacher and he has been inside me. Uh, but, oh, god. Boring drums. Boring drums. It's foundation of those hard-hitting songs. Come on, man. The trifecta. Come on. British Steel. Point of Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, Come on. Defenders of the Faith. Hello. I I, I don't know. I I love all these albums. I love this era. But I think if you could put it, like, to any weak point of, of, of Judas Priest... I really think in the 80s it would be the drumming. I mean, if you compare... I fucking, I fucking disagree. Tr- Scott Travis had the more of the double bass drum of the, the painkiller era. So, But man, that wasn't what that shit was about. It wasn't fucking trying to fucking mock up to the fucking Pantera's and Megadeth's and everything. I think it was hard-hitting, and I think you should revisit it, Wazilla. 
I think you're being just. Dis- I think you're doing a disservice to Dave right. Holland, man. Maybe I'm just. I, I'm, maybe I'm no, just butt hurt. I don't know. I could just be butt hurt. I, I think you're butt something. But yeah, yeah. Well, well, this is me off is how Ian is so close with Judas Priest. And he's always talking about he's close with this guy and that guy, which I do believe because Ian is like a, a mover and shaker. But it pisses me off how he never invites him on our show. You suck. Well, well, okay, okay, okay. Let me let me say something right here. Yeah, what's up with that, Wadzilla? Okay, okay. I am working on it. I have a lot of friends in the biz, a lot of friends in the industry. All right. Okay. But, but okay. you know what they all have in common besides being rock legends? They all want your advice. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Obviously. They, they all fucking hate Terrence. Oh, oh they don't know he's <laughs> on yet. Now that Terrence is gone, I, I honestly <laughs> believe that you are going to start seeing more rock stars, more legends, more movers and shakers are going to be part of our show, but they didn't want to be associated with him because everybody knows that he's part of his is, you know, that the yeah. terrorist organization. So I, yeah. I think now that that element's gone... I think in, in 2015, you're going to see more, you know, A-list celebrities are going to come on this show. And uh, that, that that's all I got to say about that. And don't let Dave Holland teach your kid how to play drums. That's that's all I got to say. <laughs> Especially if he's half a fucking tar, you know? Just saying. Oh, Just don't, don't, say, don't say that word. Oh, oh okay, okay. Especially... I'm sorry, especially if he's full tarred. Yeah, you know we have we have sense we have sensitive hillbillies listening. Uh, so. All right, all right, all right, all right. So the next track is "Hot Rockin'." Yes, yes, "Hot Rockin'." The more probably the most metal song. Nah, maybe not. But you know, one of the heavier tunes on the album. Great. No, song. one of them. Ah, fuck yeah, absolutely. And great song too. Well structured, just kicking ass. Everything's great about it, including the video. Yeah, okay. I'm not too crazy about the gym scene, but you know, after the after the gym scene, Rob Hoffer's in a car screaming, and there's this metalhead superimposed like on the on the on the road with an Iron Maiden shirt, like head banging. It's like, come on, how cool is that? Can it get better than this? Yes, it can. Then it goes into them jamming and sparks flying out of. KK's hands and everybody, the guitar necks are on fire, the drummers, the cymbals are on fire, then Rob Halford becomes very flaming at the end. It is awesome. I love it. Hot rocking, the video rules, except for the beginning. And the song rules, I love this song, always loved it. One of my favorites on here. I give it five out of five dumbbells. <laughs> what do you think, Bill? Bill, Doctor Fuck just said, "Man, it's a fucking great song. It's 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 very catchy. Again, it's a great. There's a great solo, and as Doctor Fuck brilliantly just said, it's a cheesy killer video. It's badass, and it's so badass. And it's like the only time I'm gonna fucking like turn my head when it comes to a gay man." You know, and not say, I mean, he, let's be honest, man. He gets carp lunch and just uh, the status. He is the man. We don't care about his his personal stuff, not to get all political here, but back on track as far as the song Hot Rockin'. Five out of five chopsticks, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
with an extra egg roll. Bam! Wow! Ouch. That's a first. Yes, it is. All right, Ian. Uh, all right, I love this song. I love this song, and uh, you know, and that's the thing you got to focus on is the song, and not so much the the video, because you know the video is geared at a bag full of dicks front row at a Liza Minnelli concert, but the fucking the song, <laughs> the, the song is fucking incredible. It's 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 great. It's 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 a straightforward rocker. This is <laughs> the third single from the fucking album. Uh, it, it's just fucking amazing. I really, really love hot rocking, and it, it, it's classic Priest. It's not the heaviest they've ever been, but it's fucking as catchy as they've ever been. It's, it's it, their it's, best video. Uh, yeah. uh, I think it's the best video they've ever done. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you love me. But uh, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a good video. I'll give you that. It's the, uh, all right, what Jesus Priest video is better? Oh, God. I none. None. I don't none. That's the best. I, Dr. I, Fuck knows all. Anyways, right. Godzilla, I love you, dog, but he's right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like Don't Go as a video better. But it's that's a great, I, great video, but no, I, Hot Rockin' is better. I, yeah, but I like Bunny Rabbit. But you know you know what's funny, was. Ian, how you say Hot Rockin' so gay, but Don't Go's not? Uh, wait. Rob Hufford is like dying when Cheech Guy walks out of the room. It's like, why? <laughs> and screaming, don't go. Come yeah, on. but those those were very masculine bunny rabbits. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it's not about the video. <laughs> that is gayer than dick-flavored chapstick. But, you know, it's, it, it's about the song. I love the song. The song is fucking fantastic. Leads into another song that is equally as fucking awesome, and that is fucking Turning Circles. I love Turning Circles, and it has like this great, like, I don't know, just like chugging fucking groove. I, I love the groove on this fucking song. Um, and, and it's like, I don't know, like, this is an album where it's like, I don't know if it's like, uh, like ACDC or like Ramones, but it's like, Every song in this album kind of sounds the same, but in a good way, and 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 everything fits, you know, like like everything's everything's greased up and you're driving it home and it just fits really good, uh, you know. I love it. I love turning circles. What do you think about turning circles, Bill Wang? Ah uh, man, Bill Wang thinks. Hold on, I just went and grabbed a fucking beer. Ah, uh, yeah. On. Um, yeah, yeah, Wazilla gave me the recommendation. I've been sick, so I excuse my, please excuse my my sound. But uh, Turning Circles, man, is a cool, catchy song with a with a cool blues esque guitar solo, slow and easy in it. It's sort of like yeah, smoke pot and fucking rock out. So um, I give it. You know what I'm saying? It has a different sort of vibe to it. And um, I fucking love it, and it's fucking cool. And in particular, not to double take on what I just said, but that guitar solo is like very bluesy. It's a very un priest esque as far as that, less mechanical and da da da. Um, I give it four out of five chopsticks. Bam. All right. Well, I 
think this is like uh, probably my second favorite track on the album. This song, nice. Love this song like crazy. It's uh, extremely deep cut. Don't think it's ever been played live. Um, definitely in my top. 15. It hasn't. It hasn't. Even on point of entry tour, Ralph. Yeah, no, never. You're right. It. Yeah, it sucks, man. Because it's a nope. great, great song, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have to put it definitely like in the top five of deep cuts from from Judas Priest mm-hmm. and top 15 overall songs it would make it in there I love the hell out of Turner Circle uh, I think it's an excellent excellent song that kicks much ass <laughs> so, and that, uh, so that is my second favorite song so now I'm going to go into my favorite song off the album uh, Desert Plains yes oh wait uh, Turning Circles I give 16 out of 14 circles <laughs> but but Desert Plains now let me tell you man Desert Plains is like my favorite song off the album definitely in my top 10 if not top 5 of my favorite Judas Priest songs uh, awesomely mid paced ballad type lyrics but mm. I don't know man oh, like in burning rubber you know that those lines, man. It's just so fucking great. That Desert Plains is the standout track for me on the album. I love it. I give it twenty out of three burning rubber tires. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Desert Plains, man. Man, you you said it right there. This is like a a deep cut. Uh, what? You can't call it deep cut. You can't. It, it was played on other tours. And, it's and a, may I add, Ian, it was also included into Metalworks, their yeah. greatest hit. So it's not. It's it's more than a deep cut. It is. I wouldn't say it's a deep cut at all. Actually, plus they played uh, well, it a lot. Well, I, w- I, w- I would say it's a forgotten cut because mm-hmm. so many people just like to gloss over this fucking album and forget it happened. But it's like, how can you forget a song that is fucking great as fucking Desert Plains? Uh amazing amazing song and uh man what a way to end side one i mean for those of us who grew up with it on vinyl or cassette this was the end of side one i'm like man what a fucking terrific fucking start to this fucking album um it's it's a great driving song man I, i remember so many times just fucking cruising along and having this on the fucking alpine system fucking blaring you know and uh Desert Plains is just amazing. I think it has everything that's great about Judas Priest in one song. Even though it, it's not as heavy, there's just something about it that is like Priest firing on all cylinders with an incredible monkey playing drums. Uh, who, who, who also, who also was a great actor on the '70s show BJ and the Bear. By the way, uh, I don't know if he gets credit for that, but uh, I, I love Desert Plains. An incredible. Incredible fucking track that I consider deep track. What do you think, Bill Wayne? Full moon is rising. The sky is black. Great song. The struggle. The quest. And finally, the score. Five out of five chopsticks. Yeah! Yo! Now it's time to flip it over. <laughs> I, whatever. I <laughs> this well, is I... where we flip the son of a bitch over. Actually, uh, <laughs> And I also want I'm to say, saying, man, the song is sick. I mean, I could just piggyback and repeat what Ralph and 
or Dr. Fuck and what uh, y'all said, but it's phenomenal. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's, it's goosebump inducing fucking shit. It's badass. It's badass. It's fucking sick. It's great. And I love it. There you go. All right, then flip it over. Thank. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to go to the Solar Angels, which was the opener for this tour on, uh, on the point of entry tour. I love this fucking song. It's got like a nice slow burn uh, intro and groove throughout it. And uh, I, I guess really you could consider this more of a deep cut than fucking Desert Plains because Desert, Desert Plains did get a little bit more uh, play live and everything. I don't. I don't know if they. I don't know if they've played this since. No, they the, haven't. Okay, okay, they haven't played this since the Point of Entry tour. No, uh, nope. Man, a really, really cool fucking song. And once again, there's just something about this album I love so much because you know, in a day and age where everything's about singles and there's no album rock anymore. All these songs flow so good together, and Solar Angels, what a great way to start side two of this album. An incredible, incredible, true deep cut. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time. Like, like if you're a priest fan and you don't like this, I, I, I don't understand, because Solar Angels, to me, is, is fucking perfection. Bill, you got something on that? Yeah, man, and... Um... Like we had said previously in the beginning of the podcast, it's uh, they opened every American tour date with said song, and which is mind blowing. And it's a, a great show opener. I dig the song. The guitar jigga 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 in the beginning is fucking sick as fuck. Great fucking guitar solo. I fucking just slam it. I love it. Five out of five chopsticks. Wang Bang Sweet Putang. Bam! Nice. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you guys. Uh, one thing I, I will say is like, yeah, it's, it was cool that they opened the, the tour with it, but I think it would have been as cool to open this album with this song because the album, it does have kind of like a little build-up thing and I love the guitar sound in the beginning. That Chung sound is like, jimmy, jimmy, jimmy. It's so... Agree, it's so agree, awesome, agree. and then you know you mm-hmm. have the sound effects, like the you know during the powerful <laughs> riff where you do get that that feeling of these solar angels. You know, it really mm-hmm. it's just such a great great song. And I know, I know that Glenn Tipton loves this song, and I know that Jesus Priest really love this song. It is a mystery why they never brought it back in the in the set list, which it did also appear. On Metal Works, their greatest hits uh, thing that they released, like after you know Painkiller, um, amazing song that I wish would have opened the album. Uh, go into the next song because I don't have my CD in front of me. What was it? You say yes. But can I say something real fast, sure. Doctor Fuck? Sure. All right, I think you fucking said something that I didn't say. That would have been the most epic opening to the album. You yeah. are so fucking spot on. Anyways, I, I digress. So perfectly said, dude. That would have been so perfect. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah so it, anyway. To me, every song on the album doesn't have the opening quality like Solar Angels. 
Absolutely, I agree, dude. I agree. And, Fuck yeah. And no, I, I, think, yeah. I think heading out to the highway would have been the perfect opener for side two. You know, like like living yeah. after midnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, I know what you mean. Absolute, absolute. Well, somebody take Absolute. the next track because I don't have the CD in front of me. I don't know what it is. All right, uh, I will. Do you want me to? Yeah, go you for it. Go, Bill. go for it, Wayne. I, uh, you say yes. Uh, it's a cool poppy rock ditty. Has a fun vibe to it. Fantastic guitar at. 2.30 of the song has a fucking reggae vibe a la the police a little reggae vibe to it which uh, if you recall in 1981 the police was all the shit and it's the only thing I could recall that has a sort of reggae sensibilities to a, the, to a Judas Priest song of all, of all things and I think it's a really cool fucking song. Like I said, it's sort of poppy, you know. But the fucking it's just it's diverse. It's 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 unpredictable. And I fucking give it four out of five chopsticks. Bam. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. I can see like like. Okay, here we go. We're on side two now. All right. We start out with solo angels is incredible. We're going to you say yes. And now for the rest of the tracks, I can see why there are some people like, eh, I'm point of entry. I, on the other hand, am not one of them. I love, you know, spoiler alert, I love every song of this fucking album. But I can see where this is like some people, the second side might not be as strong. Uh, and I can see people hating the chorus. You know, that you say yes, I, I say rest, no. But... Attack. Yeah, right, right, right. I don't give a fuck. I love this fucking song. I think it's catchy as fuck, and I think it serves the album well. Once again, this is album rock. You know, this is like one of the, you know, the 80s was like the last bastion of album rock, where it's not about Mm -hmm. singles anymore. You know, unfortunately, now it's back to the 50s, where it's all about the singles and the EPs and shit like that. You know, back... Great analogy. This is, this is the era where it's about the album. And I think it flows well. I think it serves the album well. Uh, it may not be the best song, but I think it's a great song. I think it's a catchy song. I love you. Say yes. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, yeah, great song. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert on me. There's not a, a bad song on this album. It, and I really do honestly believe, and it's unfair for me to say this, but I, I it's because of the time it came out. I... I hate to admit uh, it, but if this came out in 86, I don't think I would like You Say Yes, because I'm not a fan of Turbo. Okay? Maybe if Turbo came out in 81, I'd like it more than I do now. But You Say Yes is really a weird tune. It's very, you know, commercial, but I don't know, man. Is this the one that goes, what I do, what I do, what I do for you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's I love it, that's that break. I really love that part. That's like my favorite part of the whole album. And then a little yeah. guitar, a little twang reggae-ish thing. You say yes, and yeah. I say no, Which no, I... no, no, no. You know? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome. So I give it six out of six yeses. <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> all right, Ralph, then why don't you take it into all the way? All the way. You want me to take this one? 
go ahead. All right, All the Way is uh, a better song than You Say Yes. Okay, if I was to judge what's my least favorite, I would say You Say Yes, but I still gave it six out of six yeses. So, but uh, All the Way I like a lot. Uh, same reason I like the next one a lot. This one is kind of like, it's pop done right. And uh, you take it all, you take it all away. So out there, but again, I think what sells that song is the melody, the vocal melody of Rob Hoffer, the delivery of it. Rob Hoffer to me is what makes this album so amazingly killer. The band is great too, but Rob Hoffer to me shines above everybody else because he really took his time, you can tell, to break America with this album. Hey, look, you know, British Steel, we got our foot in the door. Now let's explode with a pop album, you know? And he, you can tell he took his time to write melodic stuff that he's not really used to. And uh, this is a song that, um, I don't know, man, maybe it could have been a single as well. Uh, I love All The Way. Uh, Bill, what do you think of All The Way? You take the wheel and crack the whip. You never slip. Bam! I, I fucking dig it. It's a cool piggyback on exactly what you fucking just said. You know, it is exactly what you just said. I dig it. It's such a fucking left field turn of uh, British Steel the year prior. I fucking love it. I love a band taking chances. And you mentioned Turbo 1986, which was five years later, which I won't overkill in this situation. This album, in my final synopsis, I'm going to say this, but it wasn't an overt fakeness. And uh, anyways, to get back to it, I fucking like the song, man. It's cool. And I give it three out of five chopsticks. Bitty, 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 bam. Yeah. Uh, I love All The Way. <laughs> I love it to me. Uh, and I'm going to get into this more when I when we close up the album. But this is like a Kiss-like track to me. I can totally... Yeah, see, good point. Good point. I, I can totally see Paul Stanley prancing around the fucking stage. <laughs> uh, you know. All right, people! I hear some, like, fucking old juice and go all the way! You know? We're going to turn the back butt over to Ace Frehley! You know? I, I can see that shit happening with this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a... Uh, definitely more commercial just hard rock song but like I've said all throughout this album it fits the fucking album uh, I know Kerry King is a huge Judas Priest fan and he hates this fucking album he, he's like oh god they were so influential with the twin guitar attack and then you know point entry came out we're like what the fuck you know uh, and I kind of get that if like that you know you came up with a fucking like you know Sad Wings of Destiny and Hellbent for Leather. I can see this being a lighter fucking album. But, uh, I don't know. For this album, this song fits. And it's just a good rock and roll song. Love mm-hmm. it. Like I said, total kiss like rocker. That leads into another one that I think sounds like another band. I love Troubleshooter. To me, this sounds like this could be an ACDC song. You know, uh, good analogy. It, it really, it really does. Title-wise, lyric-wise, music-wise, it's just a meat potatoes kind of rock and roll song that I love and fits the album. That's why I never skip any songs on point of entry because it just has a fucking flow. 
You know, there's never like, oh, here's the weird song. I'm going to go to the next one. No, it all right. sounds like it's supposed to, you know, this song leads into that, you know, and every, what the fuck was that? But <laughs> anyway, every song leads into the next, and uh, and I, I love Troubleshooter. I think it's really awesome. What do you think, Bill? Hell yeah. I think it's another sort of poppy vibe song. I like it. Great guitar solo. Again, I know y'all like ripping for me because of Dave Holland. I mean, I love the fucker, but killer drum sound. It's solid. I give it three and a half chopsticks out of five. Bam, bam, diddly, damn. Bam. There we go. <laughs> well, I was waiting for this song to agree with you, Bill. Uh, this song, uh, his drumming is very precise. And, and and it works really well with the song. I also I'm not a you know I'm, I'm not a big fan of Dave Holland, but at the same time I, I like it. You know I don't think he's a bad drummer. I prefer Les Binks, but whatever. You know I mean uh, the thing is that Judas Priest was a different animal in the '70s. In the '80s they went for a more precise thing, and Dave Holland was the man to take them there. You know, and it did work right. because. Look, they became headliners with Dave, Dave Holland. They became more popular with Dave mm-hmm. Holland. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a band effort. So, you know. Uh, and Troubleshooter, yes, man. This is probably, believe it or not, my, my favorite track off side two. I like it more than Solar Angels. And I love Solar Angels. Wow. Well, I'll give it a, like, mm-hmm. a, like a, a little, little, like a rice dick above Solar Angels. You know? <laughs> But but I love it, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but this was played live, not really? on the whole. Yeah, not on the whole tour. Because, I'm not aware of that. No, yes, because I'm not. No. Wow. I have a live recording of Troubleshooter. That God, I don't know if I can find it for the show, but if I can, here it is.
I give it five out of five troublemakers. Yeah! Which it ends the album <laughs> with On the Run. Uh, this one is On the Run. On the Run. Yeah, 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 yeah. The more upbeat of the all the songs on side two, the more hard rocking one. Probably the most hard rocking song. Um, yeah, absolutely. Great analogy. Agree 100%. And it's awesome. This is another one that can fit on any Judas Priest album prior to. Um, you know this this album. Um, you know, there's just a, a hand, a, like two or three songs you can stick on. Hellbent for Leather and British Steel, because even Hellbent for Leather, they were tr- starting to stray from the, you know, the epicness of Stain Class and Sin After Sin and stuff like that. It wasn't really a lot of, uh, you know, because you got to remember, Hellbent for Leather had Burning Up, it had uh, Before the Dawn. It had, you know, it had some songs that were a little more accessible than Sinner and, you know, The Ripper and Tyrant and stuff like that. Before the Dawn. Oh, my God. Good analogy. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that song, man. That's like my favorite priest oh, ballad. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, it's, is it? Okay. It's my favorite priest ballad. And, you know, a lot of people don't catch on at the very end of the song. He says, don't take, don't take him from me. You know, it's like... And then people were shocked. Then when people were shocked, he came out. I was like, dude, before the dawn, <laughs> he's singing about a guy. And uh, I mean, I think so. Maybe somebody's listening going, he doesn't say him. Sure sounds like that to me. And then you have the raw deal where he walks into Fire Island. You know. Yeah, yeah, raw deal. Yeah, raw deal. So anyway, so um, yes, uh, a great way to end this type of album. It, it make you know, it's like, you know, it went into... This is kind of like a roller coaster album. It goes up and down and sideways. But then at the very end, it's saying, we still are a priest, you know. So that's how mm-hmm. I would say on the run. So I give it uh, 15 out of 13 entries to the point. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice play on words. Love it. All right, Bill, what do you think? Man, you know, um, the Lick It Up... Uh, review that we all did together I kind of was bitching about the way the album ended and in this particular situation I think it's a really cool song to end the album Halford with his vocal gymnastics and uh, I love it man I fucking totally love it and I give it four to five chopsticks and I'm really happy it ended the way it did it's fucking badass. I dig it, so bam. <laughs> All right, on the run. Uh, I would probably, I'm like the odd man out here. Uh, it's probably my least favorite song on the album. That's not to say that I don't like it, because I do. But it's probably my, <laughs> my least favorite. And interesting side note is uh, they demoed the song. Before, before they recorded this, they demoed it. And it was like a totally different fucking song. It was way more. It was more like speed metal musically. Uh, the lyrics were different, and the vocal delivery was like very like you know. It was like very you know proto speed metal kind of thing. But they changed it, you know, because it didn't fit the album. So like, okay, let's change it. And uh, you know, in my head when I hear that, I think like maybe it was more like how. Screaming for Vengeance was, uh, you know, on, on that album, you know, with the, you know the rapid vocal delivery, you know, and a lot faster. 
I still like it, but it's probably my least favorite. But that ain't saying much because I love this fucking album. Would never skip a fucking track. And, and uh, you know, for, for a long time, there was a lot of hate on this record. But now, you know, time's gone by, everything come back in style. You see a lot more people coming out of the woodwork and saying they love this album, and I'm glad. Because to me, it, it, it's a very important part of, uh, you know, uh, pre-discography. Uh, they have a lot of different albums, with a lot of different styles. Do I like every one? No. Do I like fucking 99% of them? You bet your fucking ass. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm not a ripper hater. You know, I, I, I love all Judas Priest. Uh, and this is just a great, fun album that I could put on at any time, and it will always put a smile on my face and make me rock out. I fucking dig it. Uh, a great fucking album. I will say this. Uh, to me, it's kind of like Judas Priest Unmasked, if you want to give a kiss analogy. Like, they had a taste of success, and, like, here's, like, okay, well, we're going to take what we built with um, with British Steel, and we're going to make it more palatable, uh, where Kiss, I think, failed for the most part with that mask. I think they succeeded with this. Music, I, I mean, not, you know, a lot of fans were, were turned away when this came out, but in hindsight, I, I think it was successful, and I think it was great. I love fucking Point Entry. What do you think, Ralph? I think, well, uh, being that I'm from the time, I did notice the backlash much later from people that really weren't there when it came out. I've heard, like, people, you know, younger, way younger than me, that in 1981 they were playing with Transformers instead of listening to Jude's Street. You know, they wouldn't know what it was like to be at during there that time. As I said, I mean, I know... It was, I believe it was you or Bill that said, well, when it first, oh yeah, it was Bill that said it. When it first came out, I was like a little, uh, I wasn't like that. It was weird. I mean, in retrospect, I should have been like Bill's reaction. I know when I put on that album, I can't remember specifically the first time I listened to Point of Entry, but I remember that year of listening to that album as much as Fair Warning, as much as Allied Forces, as much as uh, Denim and Leather, all those great 1981 albums for those about to rock, this was played just as much as all those albums, yet it was more uh, radio-friendly. Yes, I know what they were trying to do now in retrospect, but, you know, and it just made Screamer for Vengeance just that much sweeter, you know? And that's probably why Screamer for Vengeance was such a breakthrough for them, because... Man, that really threw everybody for a loop. When, you know, Electric Eye and, and you know, Riding on the Wind, Bloodstone, Screaming for Vengeance, Devil's Child. I mean, these are like heavy, heavy songs that took them over the top where, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure they were like, wow, man, we should have wrote Screaming for Vengeance instead because that did more for us than, you know, uh, Point of Entry. But... As a as a fan and a, a diehard fan, because Judas Priest is either my third or fourth favorite band of all time, that that that's what the the main thing I love about Judas Priest. This is why I, 
Iron Maiden can never come close to Judas Priest, and this is my main, main reason. Because they are not afraid. They're just not afraid to take chances. They do stuff that it's like, look, we're doing it for us. Yes, point of entry, they try to make more accessible, but come on, man. You know that was kind of like putting your head in the guillotine, man, because you're known as a heavy metal band. The British of New Wave Heavy Metal, they use Rob Halford as the poster boy, as the front cover of the Cream magazine to talk about it. Even technically, I don't think they were a New Wave of British Heavy Metal band because they were around way before that. But still, they were part of the wave. They were the forerunners. Iron Maiden and a lot of people in retrospect look back and say, well, Iron Maiden was the biggest. No, it was Priest. Priest were bigger than Iron Maiden. You know, Maiden open for Priest. We'll give you an example. So... I just loved it. Yeah, sometimes they made stuff like Turbo. I wasn't too crazy about uh, uh, Ram It Down and Nostradamus, which I do love, but it is so left field that it's like, damn, man, what the hell is this? It's like way too many keyboards, isn't that? I didn't care because I just love Priest so much. But, yeah, there, I could name a couple albums I didn't like from them. Like, I did not like Demolition at all. I didn't like uh, Turbo. You know, and, and uh, if I really think about it, I can probably think of another one. I can't think of it at the moment. But I just love them because they're not afraid to take chances. They like, and another thing that you have to applaud them on, they are proud to be heavy metal. While my favorite band, Black Sabbath, was like, no, we're not metal. And all these other bands where these guys just come out a couple years after that. And they're like, we're a metal band. We're Judas Priest and we're heavy metal. And you got to love them for that, man. If you're a metal fan and you don't like Freeze, then you're not a metal fan. Anyway, so um, Point of Entry, it's a great, great uh, part of Priest's discography because it is different. And I love different when it works. Not like Load and St. Anger where it's different and it don't work. Or, <laughs> or some Kiss albums. But Judas Priest, like, even the albums that they don't, I don't like, I still applaud it because they're so different I couldn't get into it. Like, I don't like Turbo, but goddamn do I love Out in the Cold. What a great song that is. Oh, good one. That's a great fucking song off that album that I don't like. And also, Under Red, uh, Blood Red Skies, amazing song. Uh, even, uh, maybe, you know, I should listen to Demolition again. Maybe there is a song on there I like, even though it's not Rob Halford. But in retrospect, that's that's why I love I love Point of Entry, and I know this is going to sound crazy. I can't say Point of Entry is better than Screaming for Vengeance, but I play it way more than I do Screaming for Vengeance. Point of Entry is my to-go album for Judas Priest over a lot of their albums that I consider better. Because Point of Entry is just a cool, just waste, waste 45 minutes to some good music album. Because we all need a break from, you know, the norm. And that's definitely out of the norm for Judas Priest. And I think I've been very long-winded about this. And that's what I feel about Point of Entry and the Metal Gods. Take it away, guys. Bill, you got this. <clears throat> An obvious turn towards the melodic pop sensibilities. Sandwiched between two pillars in the history of metal, British steel, and Scream for Vengeance. A bit of a left turn, not to the extent of Turbo, was five years later in 1986. I absolutely love 
this album. Sonically, it sounds fantastic and fresh. Almost fucking like it was recorded yesterday, even though it was recorded 34 years ago. Plus, it's an album I still regularly listen to, to this, uh, to the extent of like now. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and uh, I'm not going to be able to piggyback more on what Doctor Fuck just said. I mean, I agree with everything y'all just said, but hopefully, I just added a little bit of the dilly d, and I fucking love Point of Entry. It's an album that I fucking still fucking get drunk and listen to on Saturday yes. nights. And I fucking love it. And I give it five out of five chopsticks. Bam! There we go! There we go! Kapow! <laughs> Phil, man, yeah. it's fucking phenomenal. And everybody has an issue with it because it took longer for people to get into it. Well, us three are the, the holy trinity of fucking musical everything. So, you know, fuck people that don't like it. So, yes, there, we, there we go. Oh, yeah, there but, we go. but you we also... We're going to go over to Carrie King's house and we're going to send them straight. Yeah, you also <laughs> got to remember, everybody that doesn't like point of entry... No, 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 hold on. Kerry King make reference to, to Turbo, right? I mean, Ralph knows this. He, he's probably actually had a conversation with Kerry King about <laughs> said album. I mean, when that album came out in 86, it's like, oh my God. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I loved it. I saw the tour with Doc in an Oakland Coliseum. But it was like a total sellout album with a colorful leather outfits. Come on, man. You're trying to fucking suck up the Molly Crew and all this other shit. You know, and the fact that the matter is, you know what? I don't care. I still give them. I still give Judas Priest a fucking. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to like. Everybody wants to fucking like put Metallica's balls on the fucking. You know, whatever. But with Judas Priest, because they've been around a lot longer, you know what? So they put out Turbo. But you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. On the Turbo Tour. No, no, hold on. On the Turbo Tour with Dokken, they open with Out in the Cold. I don't know how the fuck it feels about that song, but all I know is Bill Wang fucking jacked off. So, anyways, I love that song. Well, Bill, 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 I did say earlier I love Out in the Cold. Oh, okay. okay. And and I also, I also want to add, I saw the Turbo Tour with Dokken as well. And it doesn't matter how much I hate Turbo, Judas Priest always, always delivers live. Hey, and, and I saw... You're fucked. Yeah! That's right. I gave that, I gave that show five out of five colorful leather outfits. I love you, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, because of my age, I saw the Turbo Tour on Betamax when it was called Priest Live. A little a little uh, tidbit on that. But I, but I dug it. I dug it. A little tidbit on that. Yeah. Some of Priest Live was at the show I was at, Hollywood Sportatorium. It was a mix nice. between the Dallas show and Hollywood Sportatorium. So I am on Judas Priest Live screaming. 
saying wow. stuff like yeah. stop. I was I, you, if you listen really closely, you hear me. I'm yelling, stop playing turbo songs, tyrant. Because <laughs> I, I thought I heard you in the background singing parental guidance. I thought that was you. No, the worst song of turbo. Oh my, oh my oh, goodness. Boy. I don't know. I don't know. Say, oh my goodness. I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's between parental guidance and private property. Keep your hands off. You're so right. Of course you're right. All right. You, All right. Yeah. Here's something, though, man. Think about this. This is fucking awesome. This is awesome looking back in hindsight. Okay, the uh, the point of entry tour started out in Europe. The same week the album came out. Opening band was Saxon. Nice. Then they came to the U.S. They did a short U.S. leg tour. Maiden was the opening band. Then Ooh. they, then they, and, and that that's that's Maiden on the Killers tour. Man, yay! Yeah, yeah. Then they go back to Europe for a second round. Except, wowzers! It up. Yeah, could you imagine seeing that shit back then? Oh my god! Holy fuck! Goodness. Oh my goodness! If I ever wanted to be a roadie on the point of entry tour, wow! That that that's like seeing fucking you know. Black Sabbath on the Paranoid Tour and fucking Led Zeppelin's on the Led Zeppelin 2 Tour open yeah, up. Yeah, it's like I mean, all that's these just, bands. That's amazing. All these know? bands that release right. seminal oh. albums, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, it's by so- the way, I did see Saxon on the 81 Tour open for Triumph. And what was the other band you said? Except I didn't see yeah. till Metal Heart where they opened. Oh. No, they headlined on Metal oh, Heart. Nice. I saw that. With Keel and Helix. I spoke about that on the... Keel episode where Keel does remember that show. <clears throat> wow. See, I didn't, I didn't, Go ahead. I didn't see, yeah, unfortunately, I live in fucking Louisiana where I got to see Firehouse open up the opening of a Firehouse subs at a strip mall. You know, nobody comes here. It's fucking horrible. Please come Fire. to New Orleans. Please, bands, metal bands, I love you. Please come to New Orleans. This is fucking pathetic. Uh, Florida ain't that much better these days, though. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, trust me. I spent 12 years in Florida before I fucking came here. That sucked, too. Yeah. Uh, God, I miss Chicago. I hate the fucking weather, but God damn it. At least any band worth their fucking salt plays New York, Chicago, and L.A., you know? That is true. Oh, fuck. All right, so, well, that, that pretty much wraps up our... Uh review of the point of entry the 1981 Judas Priest classic to people that don't have little dicks (laughs) hey even people with little dicks like fucking uh, point of entry no they love your mother loves this is is a great (laughs) Ralph I mean Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla this is a fantastic review I think it's it's, it, it encompasses three guys that me and Ralph that actually lived it, and then Wazilla that lived it a little bit later, but man, it's phenomenal. It's a great record, and when I fucking get off the phone, my fucking neighbors in San Francisco and Knob Hill are gonna be rocking out to fucking Point of Entry, and I don't give a fuck what they say. I am gonna fucking, like, rock, and so I appreciate it. Man, this has been phenomenal, and I Thank you both, man. Right on, man. You Thank say you. yes, and we say yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Bill, for being part of our show once again. 
you will be yes. a recurring guest because we do like having you on here. We love your uh, your, your chopstick uh, ratings. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yes. and we've, we've done so well since Bill joined the podcast because we finally broke into that Asian market because there's a billion of those motherfuckers and now they're listening to our show and I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of family back in the fucking homeland, you know, and everybody says, Bill Wayne, you look kind of white when you're fucking videos and I say, you know what? I am, now here's the deal. I've been adopted by Malaysian immigrants, so fuck y'all. Yeah, hey, 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 you know, for all our listeners, I've seen his penis. This man is truly Asian, and, and we love him. <laughs> you haven't talked to Gene Elizabeth, have you? <laughs> one, one time. One time. <laughs> okay, okay. She'll tell you I'm not all, I mean, I'm all white, so anyways, I love y'all, man. This has been so fucking killer, man. <laughs> It's an album we all fucking love, and I fucking just totally just, I mean, this has been phenomenal, and so fucking killer, and I can't wait to repost it, and um, it's uh, an album that will go down in history as far as metal goes, is an album that will be kind of looked at with curious eyes, but as far as Priest fans go, it's an album that is fan-fucking-tastic. Hell yeah. Right on, right on. All right, man. Thank so you, I thank guess you. Well, now we're going to go into Pick of the Week. And I'm going to start off with my Pick of the Week, and I don't care if I take any shit for this or people laugh, but this is a 1989 classic that I fucking love, and it is the self-titled debut by Dangerous Toys. I I think this is a hard rocking fucking classic uh, that is a fun listen. This is like a put on uh, a great drinking song, uh, drinking album. Uh, man, teasing and pleasing, scared, bones in the gutter, taking me drunk, feels like a hammer sport and a woody queen of the night. I mean, I'm just naming all these fucking songs. And I fucking love them all. This was a band with uh, Jason McMaster, who was previously in a thrash metal band called uh, Watchtower. And, uh, man, just a great, great classic. They were part of uh, uh, Judas Priest's, uh, what was it, Operation Rock and Roll Tour, where it was Judas Priest and Motorhead, uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah. Alice Cooper, right. And And Metal Church. And Metal Church, yeah. And I, I'll tell you what. Uh, man, I, I really, really enjoy this. this. This is one of those, like, just 80s hard rock albums that I can always go back to. Always makes me smile. Takes me back to that place in time. And uh, just doesn't lose a fucking beat for me. I love Dangerous Toys. What do you guys think? Well, um, I, I finally, you put up a pick of the week that I'm not into, Ian, but... I will tell you this, I've never heard the album, but I have heard Teasing and Pleasing. I believe Afraid was the other video, right? Scared. Okay, Scared, whatever. Um, no, I don't like them. And I saw them live on, you were discussing the Operation Rock and Roll tour, which an interesting thing happened on that tour when it came to Florida. They broke it in half. Alice Cooper played with Judas Priest, I believe, in Orlando, and they brought down Motorhead, uh, Metal Church and Dangerous Toys to a club down here called the Button South 
in Hallandale. And I went to, and I saw Dangerous Toys. And it just didn't do nothing for me, you know. But I can't really 100% say, you know, maybe they had an off night. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the said band, but I'm going to say my pick of the week is Rush Grace Under Pressure. Ooh. In particular, yeah, in particular, the song After Image. It's so phenomenal and so badass. And so my take is Rush Grace Under Pressure. In Love that particular, album. Yeah. And everybody, like, bitch slaps it because it's a little bit too fucking phenomenal as far as uh, keyboards. But I I totally love it. And I, I tell you what, that was the last one I liked for a while. I like it a thousand times better than Power Windows or Hold Your Fire. I think there's some great songs on Grace Under Pressure. I really do. I, yeah. I think it's, I, I think it, it, it's, it's a transitional album. But I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. What do you think, Ralph? Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't like it when it came out because at that time, I mean, I liked Signals. Don't get me wrong. Signals was good, but it was taking a little shift. But, you know, Signals had Analog Kid and uh, Countdown. There was a couple other good tracks. But, but the, by the time Grace Under Pressure came out, I kind of, like, lost step with them. Wasn't really into them anymore. But I rediscovered them due to my, fr- my friend, Ruben who actually loves Grace Under Pressure, and he was raving about it so much. Ruben De La Rosa? Yes, Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. That guy loves Grace Under Pressure, and he kept raving and raving and raving about it. That when I went back to listen to it, yeah, it's damn good. Uh, Red Sector Zay is on that one, right? Yes. 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 Awesome song. That's another awesome song. I think it's a great song. It was a good transition into the keyboard, but then after this album is when they just... For me, because I tried to get into the other ones after Grace Under Pressure, going, hey, man, I got into Grace Under Pressure. Let me check out the other keyboard albums yeah, yeah, with Time, Stand, time yeah, Stand yeah. Still, whatever that album yeah, that's, was. That's Hold Your Fire. Yeah, that's horrible. Ooh. But, yeah, to me, it wasn't until Counterparts. So between Grace Under Pressure and Counterparts, I don't like Roll the Bones. I don't like uh, all that. But I loved Counterparts. I loved... I really love Test for Echoes. Wow, um, a lot of people hate that. Album. I love that album, man. I, I, that, I like, song, I that song "Driven" is yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, but a lot of people hate it. But I, I love, I love Presto and I love Roll the Bones too. But yeah, I me. couldn't get into those albums. And I actually own which is the one with the three red marbles where it's all red. Oh, that, that's Hold Your Fire. That's horrible. I have that on vinyl. I don't know how I that's, ended up getting it. Oh, that, that's the one with Time Stands Still. Yeah, that's, that's really horrible. bad. But anyway, uh, my pick of the week is a little more obscure. If either one of you two know this album, you're going to go, fuck yeah, that's a great album. If you don't know it, please go on YouTube and just punch up one song off it, and I guarantee you're going to want to hear the rest. It's a band from Germany called Angel Dust, who first, when they first got in the scene, they were a thrash band. And then they disbanded or they just disappeared and came back many years later as a kind of power metal-ish. I mean, that, I hate to call it power metal. It's more like in the vein of Ronnie James Dio's Black Sabbath era type stuff. I mean, not exactly, but somewhat like it, uh, which they came. I can't remember. Damn, the 
from Eternity or something like that was the album before, but the one I really, the pick of my week is an Angel Dust album called Bleed. Now go on YouTube, everybody, and check out the song, the title track, Bleed, and I defy you, defy you to tell me that song sucks. You will love that song. That song is so killer, metal, melodic, great vocals. You guys know this band? I I need, I know, I know of them. But I don't know it. But I've heard nothing but good. But I've, I've never actually heard it. But oh, yeah. I have heard. I've heard nothing but praise about it. That it's a great album. And then the one that followed it was just as good. Uh, Enlightening the darkness. I, oh man, I think I got the title wrong. Like punch up a song called Cross of Hatred. It is awesome. Um, great band. Angel Dust is my pick of the week. Bam, Bill Wang. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, now now we got to go into fan of the week and we we got a good one this week um paul graff and paul graff has hit it on all fucking cylinders because uh not only does he love the show he's on the facebook page very active and i love that i love talking with the fans this guy's on there like every day putting in his two cents saying something funny being a part of the team uh, he says he went on iTunes and put up a, a nice review. I haven't seen it yet, but I do understand iTunes is like very weird sometimes. You can put a review up. It doesn't ne- necessarily immediately pop up. But I'm going to take his words for it. He told me he put one up. I'm sure it's going to be there. He also said something I thought was very interesting. He says he listens to the show with his wife. He said him and his wife listen to the show and laugh their ass off. And I think that's great because my lady hasn't listened to one fucking episode, <laughs> and this will be like our, this. This will be our thirty third episode, and she's like, "Bitch, I listen to your fucking drunk ass every day. I'm not gonna listen to your fucking radio show." But this guy and his wife actually listen to it as a couple, and I love that. I love that. I hope I hope someday they have kids who have substance abuse problems and listen to the show as well. Wow, that's you not know, nice. And, Oh, oh, well, well, it's not a problem. It's, it's a way of life. It's it's fun. This dude, though, he is a lot of fun. He's a lot. He, he was texting me all day yesterday on New Year's Eve. This motherfucker was drunk as shit at 3 in the afternoon and funny as a motherfucker. Uh, but, yeah, Paul Graff is definitely our fan of the week. And, you know, you want to be a fan of the week? Come on the Facebook page. I mean, all you got to do, put a request. I accept everybody. If fucking Terrence wanted to be... Uh, on our Facebook page, I'd let it go. Just you know, I love the numbers. <laughs> you know? How long would that last? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, he'd freak out. But anyway, uh, but no, he's on the Facebook page. Uh, he went to iTunes and was very kind to leave a review, which is very important to our show. And uh, and he listened to it with his wife. I mean, how awesome is that? And that's why Paul Graff is our fan of the week. But you know, there's many, many ways. To enjoy this show. I, I hope everybody enjoyed this show and all our other shows, whether Terrence is on them or not. I, I, I think they're all pretty fucking good. But go on to podbean.com. Uh, go on the Facebook page and sign up. There's always a link for these shows on our on our Facebook page. Uh, go on the YouTube page, uh, which is so awesome. Ralph does the best job ever. It's, it's the same show, but the background is all pictures and videos of that band uh, in that era. Uh, and it's just amazing. He really, I mean, that takes a lot of time. I wouldn't do that fucking shit. 
But that's how awesome Ralph Vieira is. He actually does that shit. No way. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Metal Hard Rock on Facebook. And all I gotta say is, Wazilla and Dr. Fuck, I am so grateful to be on your podcast. And right on, man. You guys are so cool. And I love y'all. We love you, you man. We we love you. Actually, I love you way more than Ian. What? Oh, we're going to fight over that. I love me some Wayne. But but, but enough about my bedroom Yeah, but he wasn't talking about you when he said Wang, Bill. If you want to be the next Wang, here's a... Well, nobody's going to be the next Wang. There's only one Wang. That's Bill Wang. Yeah, one Wang many Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) But if you would love to be on this show like Bill Wang, here's an opportunity. We are running a contest that goes through the end of January, the end of this month. Here's what you got to do. You got to sign up on iTunes, have an iTunes account. Subscribe to our podcast where you can leave a review. Leave like the most creative, funny. I mean, you can be like totally funny about it. You can be totally serious about it, but just be the most standout fucking review. And as long as you have a mic and you can get on Skype, the winner will be on, on an episode of this show. And, and we love this because, God damn, I, I think all our listeners agree, Bill Wank, God damn, that's some funny shit. You could be the next fucking contestant on the fucking Price is Right. You know, fucking get on there, become a part of the team, like us on fucking iTunes. Come on, let, let, let's do this. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on this show that's heard world fucking wide and world fucking- I also have to add if you're on the show you get to pick what's behind either curtain one two or three and I can tell you this behind one of those curtains is a brand new Rolls Royce that's right that's right <laughs> behind the other two absolutely nothing yeah 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 if you have an Android device a lot of people these days everything's on their fucking smartphone if you have an Android device podcast add it's a free app. You, you download the app for free. You type in Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hit subscribe. You get every fucking episode. Every fucking episode. At your leisure. When you want it. How you want it. Whatever you want to play it on. We thank you for listening. We thank you for all the success. Hell yeah. All you. You, Paul. Hey. I got to say a shout out to Paul. The, the fan of the week, man. Thanks oh, for yeah. listening, Paul. And your lovely wife. And we also have to mention... The lovely Mrs. Wang, Miss Gina Elizabeth, who is a huge fan of this show, listens all the time. Yeah, Gina. Oh, man, you fucking Fuck yeah. Hey, yeah, hey, Bill, uh, if you could do me a favor, this Sunday when we uh, air uh, the point of entry, uh, have um, have her let you put your point into her entry during the show. <laughs> well... She's basically the most incredible entry I've ever experienced. So that's awesome, Elizabeth Wang. I love you, baby girl. You are my girl, and I will be with you forever. Hell yeah! Thank you, fucking Doctor Fuck. Thank you, Wazza. I love you both. You, you guys rock. I love you too. I love you too. And I will say before you go, Will uh, Bill, I just want to say this: Paul is. Fan of the week. You, Bill, are fan of eternity. 
Yes! <laughs> With Mrs. Wang as well. <laughs> yeah! Hell yeah! Rock and Metal Podcast Combat! Yeah! Bill Wang loves you! Yeah! And, and Bill, a big congratulations on your Wang Dang Sweet Boon Tang. Yes, sir. <laughs> Doctor Fuck, I love you, dog. Love Thank you too, so brother. Much. Love you too, man. So, uh, uh, anything Bye. else to say before we say goodbye to everybody? Yeah. So, next week, I just want to say Happy New Year, and wow, what a fucking way to start out the fucking year with this episode. Hell yeah! Holy shit! I, I just want to say, explode! We are gonna take on the world, motherfucker. Here's the deal. Rock and Metal Podcast. Here we go. Bam, bam, bam! How, how, how awesome it is to start 2015 yeah, yeah. with Mr. Wang. Yeah, I just got to... Li- I was going to say fuck Terrence and his bald ass, but I think Bill Wang summed it up perfectly. We thank you. We love you for listening. Come back this Sunday and every Sunday on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All right, thank you so much, everybody, and we will see you next week. Ciao. Daily D, bam!